everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 161st episode of the podcast, airing September 21st, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back special guest Rachel Lang to join me on the program to talk about Libra Equinox season 2023. Now, Rachel and I talk all things Libra as we do a detailed breakdown of the season ahead, because this year's Equinox ushers in the next round of eclipses, and we can already feel the lead up to what I'm deeming the Great Rebalancer. We talk about relationships being extra highlighted with Venus's presence in the Aries full moon and the Libra solar eclipse, and how the Sun-Mercury Kazemi conjunct the South Node in square Pluto will most certainly turn the death-rebirth tides. No stone is left unturned during the season of the scales, so get ready to come back to equilibrium by initiating your new version of harmony. Now, to follow along with us as we step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, of course, if you'd like to support this program, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation, you can leave a tip in my tip jar, and you can also sign up for my monthly transit newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, where I share what is going on each month along with some tarot polls and an animal ambassador. And it is free in your inbox, so come on over and get it. Now, of course, if you follow me anywhere uh, on social media or I've been listening to this podcast, you know that I've been involved in a project called Tarot of Her. Well, we are still live on Kickstarter until October 2nd, and we just reached our funding threshold goal. goal. (laughs) So we are uh, over the edge and our deck is going to be produced, but we are still raising money so that we can make more decks and that we can... uh, maybe get some money back from the efforts that we've put in, because right now we just have enough to get it made. So if you'd like to support that, you can come on over to tarotofher.com that will have a direct link to our Kickstarter campaign, which was labeled uh, or chosen as a project we love by Kickstarter. So all good things. And uh, yeah, check it out. Let me know what you think. Spread the good word. All right. Well, thanks for listening to my spiel. So who's ready to hear all about Libra Equinox season 2023? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back to the Energetic Principles podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Libra Equinox season 2023. And we have a very special guest returning to the program, Rachel Lang. Thanks for joining me again, Rachel. Oh, thanks so much, Mel. I'm so excited to be here. And I have my Libra mug to celebrate Libra season. That's right. And we have we have a, a bona fide Libra right here, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we will hear it straight from the horse's mouth uh, or the, the scale's mouth or I don't know how <laughs> it works. But today with Rachel here, a little insight. Um, and so before we get started, uh, for those who are not familiar with Rachel or her work, can you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I've been in a, a practicing astrologer since 2006. 
um, but a student for many, many, many years before that. Um, and, uh, and I really love to be at the intersection of astrology, spirituality, and social engagement. So I am, I think, you know, I'm, 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 I don't know, one of very few, one of, of, of hardly any elected, uh, you know, astrologers who's serving in elected office. I'm a city council member in Ojai, California. Um, and, uh, and so, and I'm also, I, the author of Modern Day Magic, Eight Simple Rules to Realize Your Power and Shape Your Life, um, and a children's book, As Above, So Below, which is, that just came out in 2023. Oh, there uh, here we have it right here, right um, next to me. I just happened to have it there. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, and I teach a lot. I work with, I work with the Omega Institute and write their horoscopes. So I, I have my, 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 my scales in lots of different areas. I, when I think about Rachel, I'm always like, how does she, where does she find time? <laughs> I'm like, what secret time portal is this woman holding that can get all these things done. I'm like, I'm baffled uh, and amazed and impressed <laughs> that you're able to get this all done. Thank you. Yeah. It's a sixth house stellium. That's all I have to say. I get it. I mean, I don't get it, but I get it. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about before we got on um, with you guys that uh, we were both like, we need a vacation. You're like, come on, give me, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, especially being a astrologer, as we were talking about how the, the planets never stop moving and we're always talking about them and we're always sharing things and people are always having, um, you know, their, their lives and their issues and what they come to us to connect with. And it's just this, this, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a hamster wheel because I love it. Like, I don't want to make it sound bad or anything. Right, right. <laughs> but you were like, okay, where do you inject a vacation in there? Where does the vacation come in? It's so true. And what's really funny, um, every Mercury retrograde, every eclipse cycle, I think, ah, this won't be bad. I've got this. And um, and and usually what's happening is we're getting the same transits that everybody else is getting, but because we are the ones who are right there kind of carrying people through, helping them navigate through some of the more intense times of year, um, we have, we don't get to have that, uh, break when we should be getting that break. Um, and, and so it's, you know, I, I think it's a gift actually. I find that during eclipses, it's always so much better to help someone else. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it really is a gift though. I, I, I am grateful every day that I get to do this work. Um, I know I complained about not having enough time, but you know, astrology just colors your worldview in a way that makes it all helps it all make sense. And, um, and so it really is a privilege, a gift. I'm so grateful for this work. Yeah. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. The work calls you. Yeah. you don't sign up for it. <laughs> you, you get on, you get on the bandwagon once it, once it, uh, rings your line, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but it is a pretty, um, I have to say it when I say it out loud to people, especially people who aren't in the astrology world world. And I'm like, Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, Oh, I'm an astrologer. And they're like, the, the look in their eye. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that does sound 
interesting, doesn't it? (laughs) So at the very least, we're interesting people. We have a lot to share and we have a lot to share with you here today as we're going to talk about Libra equinox season, but it's not just equinox season. Uh, it's eclipse season. Um, so we're going to have our first, uh, eclipse in Libra here for, Mm -hmm. since, uh, quite a little time here. Um, we've we've already had a little taste of the Aries action earlier this spring. We got our Aries, uh, solar eclipse, but we're going to have a Libra one here shortly. So we're going to be talking about that. And we are going to be talking about, let's, I mean, let's just start with just equinox energies. The mm-hmm. writer of the magic book, Rachel, tell us a little <laughs> bit about the equinox and, and what it kind of brings to the fold for people. Yeah. Well, the equinox is one of the, it's so the, there's the uh, October equinox and the March equinox. And I've quit saying autumn or summer because the South, because of <laughs> yeah. the, you know, <laughs> hemispheres, we have different seasons, we're transitioning to different seasons. But what, um, but what the equinox is, is it's a time when the there's a balance between dark and light. And, and because there's a balance, I, I think there are times when our polarities are more evident, we can see the polarities that exist within ourselves, within culture. It's almost like people go to the to the extremes that they're going to go to in terms of their ideologies in terms of their perspectives and then in going to those extremes we come and find our middle ground so they're very powerful points of year i mean i think i've i've i'm a libra i've spent my whole life thinking about peace and what does peace mean and it really does mean integrating polarity and and finding a way to where there's not a positive charge or a negative charge, but there's just a balance. There's a sense of harmony. Um, and, and that's the opportunity that we have during equinox season is how can we take the aspects of our lives that feel very conflictual and reach a level of neutrality within ourselves? Now I know that's not the traditional pagan <laughs> pagan idea of what an equinox is, but this is my reframe of um, of an of the equinox. Um, it, it's also the 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 ingress, the cardinal cardinal ingress. That's true. Another whole piece of this, but I want to hear what you think of the equinox. <laughs> I'm interested in your perspective. I mean, I I like I like Rachel's take on it, uh, especially since what we have recently experienced in the astro world with currently we're speaking while Mercury is still retrograde. We just went through the Venus uh, retrograde cycle. Uh, there is a lot of uh, a lot of energy that has been pulled out of whack in different spaces mm-hmm. for different people. So when you're speaking about coming together at this uh, this equilibrium point in this place where maybe we can access neutrality because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not always easy to come by. And especially when life is shifting and having taken you all these places and taken you back uh, and pushed you forward. And, you know, how do you balance back out? How do you get a vacation? Oh no, that's the way we've talked about that before. <laughs> um, that's, it, that's a, that's a potent point. That's what I always think about it as uh, that balancing point, that, that tipping point, right? Because mm-hmm. it's that, that rare moment that we get twice a year when there is literally just that 
the equality of the daylight of the consciousness of the awareness, uh, right. You know, here in the Northern hemisphere, obviously we're going to go down to even darker days, right. The, the light is beginning to recede Mm -hmm. and that ushers us into this time of, of harvest, but also retreat, um, and sort of this dormant stage of winter that will eventually be here. And so there, it's that tipping point that you're just like, Oh, I see, uh, I'm feeling, I, you know, you feel the energy of the air start to shift. Mm -hmm. The temperature starts to shift and, it's, it just knocks you into the next, the next cycle, the next half. And that's the nature of cardinal signs, right? You, you <laughs> the wheel turns, it, it initiates the next thing and whatever that next thing might be, then we are in it. Um, but I've always Libra season, such an interesting season for me personally, because I'm a Scorpio rising. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm going into this more liminal 12th house, uh, winding down, like for, you know, cause some people really love the fall, right. You know, they're like, and I feel in, uh, like just embracing the leaves that are falling in the air and it's crisp and, and me, I'm, I'm like ready to tuck under a rock or something, <laughs> you know, get my loved one, you know, and watch some Netflix and tuck under a rock, but that's just me personally. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, I think a lot of people have that same experience where it's like the time when you want to get the fireplace going and, um, and, and, and because, you know, the equinox starts, uh, Libra season and makes Venus the dispositor of the sun. Um, it is a time when we are, when we do it, they call it cuffing season, you know, yeah. Those people where it's like you do want to find your people and connect to your people, and in particular, those those deep relationships and partnerships. Um, you know, but it's it's funny, I think, with Libra and Cancer in particular, being people forget that they're cardinal signs. You know, it's like these are the the cancer impulse is to create in the home and to use that that energy to build a nest. And for Libra, it's about partnering. But Libra season is is an action focused time. It's yeah. a time, and in particular, the the equinox and solstice points are those two are those times of year, four times a year, where you have a concentration of cardinal energy that is magnified, intensified, and it says, "Where do you want to go?" And so, while we are in many ways pulling back, turning inward, slowing down, um, we're also getting a sense of what, you know, if we're th- three quarters through the year. So it's like, well, what didn't I accomplish during the last equinox six months ago? What did I miss in the summer solstice? And it's kind of like, okay, I've got to get, I've got to get some things done. And, um, and so there's there's that polarity, the impulse to pull in, the impulse to go out, um, and uh, yeah, I'll just I'll yeah. just I'll pass it well, back to you. <laughs> good old Libra, you know. <laughs> and uh, and and you next here. Well, that makes a lot of sense thinking about uh, going into Venus season, right? Because that's that's a big part of Libra season, but we have to think about 
Venus being this point of, you know, she's just been through this whole journey. And now all of a sudden the, the sun is coming to uh, its point in the skies where it defers to her, which is always interesting because the sun, as we uh, know, it is in uh, fall in uh, Libra. So the sun is not as comfortable in, in the sign of uh, Venus there. Um, but it's interesting just to think about the nature of that partnering of that coming together, that social quality that Libra brings out and how much might've changed in those areas because of the Venus retrograde. And now the sun's coming along and being like, okay, well, I'm going to shine my rays in this area of your lives. And what has changed might've been integrated as she starts to gain speed, but back to the cardinal. Well, what's being initiated next? Like, what are the next steps? Um, and being maybe ready for that next thing. Cause I mean, the solar eclipse is going to open a lot of doors for people, especially in partnerships. Mm -hmm. Um, whether the partnership is going to be budding, the partnership will be ending, you know, it just depends on obviously the person's life, but there's an interesting cycle of relation that is going to be kicking off here. That is such a great point. It, yeah, this is, it's uh, like, hold your, hold your breath, buckle up. Um, and, you know, one thing I wanted to speak to uh, also is just the equinox or the equinox chart. I, I always find that the chart for the, for the start of a season really mm. tells us a lot about that season. and. Um, and so it's a Capricorn moon. So right there, and hang on, I need to to look at, I need to pull, pull up my chart. Let's... There we go. We got it. <laughs> okay, we great. Got it here. Thank you so much. Great. Um, yeah. So uh, so the so that Capricorn moon kind of, it, it adds to the cardinal quality of this. It's also uh, you know the first or the yeah the the quarter moon. Um, and so there we see, okay, there's a little evidence of some tension, uh, yeah. right there. Um, you know, you know, showing us that balance is going to be a really important theme. Um, and then we also have Venus. It's funny. I'm clicking around on, on your, you know, um, we also have, uh, Venus, uh, it's, she's right next to Juno. Um, oh, here, let me add old oh, Juno. Great, yeah. Great, she's great. been riding, uh, yeah. riding alongside uh -huh. Juno. I'll exactly. Everyone in exactly. here. There we go. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. um, and so that adds to what you were just talking about with, you know, these, the eclipses, Libra season as a whole, um, really going to punctuate themes of commitment, things of themes of partnership, and not just what's wrong with our relationships or what are we not, you know, what would we like to change? It's more of what does commitment look like to us? And, and are we in a balanced relationship? Is there partnership here? And if not, then how can we how can we create, how can we reshape the dynamics of our relationships? So I think Juno's presence is, is, a, a, a you know, kind of a, punctuates all of those themes. Mm. And when you're speaking, it made me think too, you know, cause we're always thinking about polarity when it comes to 
well, just signs in general, but you know, there's always that sign across the pond. And Mm -hmm. we just talked about how there was a solar eclipse in Aries earlier in the year. And so when you think about Aries, uh, there's these qualities of independence and I'm going to go do it on my own and, you know, take on, uh, as you know, with enthusiasm as much as you can and only want to work by yourself. And, and now Libra comes around and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that was a lot, you know, I had a, you know, I can't, I can't do everything myself. And maybe it's, I'm not, uh, you know, being a, a one person show isn't as cracked up as to be, as I thought it would be. And so how do I find, uh, collaborators or, or teams or, uh, just other people that could support me even in, in the journey. So if there, if you've been leaning on too much of the side of, Oh, I'm just doing it all myself. It feels like this is going to be a, an open door to be able to bring other people in. That's right. Yeah. And we have to remember too, that Venus is still in its post shadow phase. Yes. And, and so that, that, and because the sun answers to Venus and Venus is still getting back on track for the first part of the month, um, that means that we are still working through some of the creative um, play. I mean, Venus and, and Leo for, or, you know, Venus retrograde and Leo for me has been all about unification. <laughs> it's been all about, play, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and, and, and creativity and how do we, you know, how, what keeps us from being creative and, and, and how do we express ourselves through, through the, through our unique craft. And, um, and so this is still one of those, um, you know, one of those topics that I think is still going to be, uh, relevant as we move through Libra season it's like, it's kind of like, okay, we are definitely in the shadow and Venus wants our attention, but now she wants our attention in order to, to, to create, you know, action steps to, to remedy some of the things that came up during the retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. And so sun coming back in, we're getting, we're leaving that Mercury story, which boy. Yep. <laughs> Woo, we were... <laughs> This market rhetoric has been insane. Insanity. Insanity. It's like everything, all the mechanical breakdowns, brains just don't want to work. You know, Uh uh, there is, it's just a, yeah, it's been a while since I think I've experienced a mercury retrograde that has been this, I don't even have a word for it, but I'm, I, there might be a groan in there somewhere, (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a, tricky mercurial mercury retrograde. Yeah. So the second the sun steps out of there, uh, you know, mercury will still be in its domicile, but there mm-hmm. will be that we're, we'll be leaning back to Venus, which is interesting because we were leaning on Venus in the sun during Leo season. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's sort of this, uh, there was this reprieve with mercury retrograde, uh, and mercury. And then we're kind of coming back to Venus territory. And, uh, as we were talking about in uh, Gray and I, when we did our Venus retrograde episode mm-hmm. and did a look ahead at the last half of 2023, there's something about this fall that is really just relationally oriented with Venus and her moves and these eclipses, the back-to-back Venus eclipses. 
And then uh, in Scorpio season, we're going to have Mars complete its synodic cycle with the sun. Um, So there's a big Mars story there. So the, the two, the relationship planets are lit up this fall. And so we are going to get our Venus dose here first. Yes. So one of the things, just a quick lunar overview before we jump in our, um, our full on, our full on treatment here, we will, we are coming out of a, well, I when as Rachel and I are speaking right now, the Virgo new moon hasn't happened, but when Libra season starts, we'll be under that Virgo new moon that was trying, uh, Uranus. Mm-hmm. I'll just bring that up since I'm talking about it right now. Um, yeah, there's a Virgo uh, new moon trine uh, Uranus there and right before Mercury station direct. So we have this signature that is going to be under underway for a good portion of Libra season. We're going to have, it's interesting, we're going to, right before Libra season starts, we have a set our a first quarter in Sagittarius, but it'll be the second first quarter in Sagittarius. Because last month we had a zero degree one, and this time we get a 29 degree one, which is interesting to me thinking about pushing off from the Sag territory, um, both on critical degrees, but one's opening and one sort of wrapping up. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's intriguing. So we'll definitely, we'll get a feel for that, uh, when Libra season starts, but we're going to have an always exciting full moon in Aries. Um, and Venus is going to be doing something on that day, which we'll definitely cover. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course the solar eclipse in Libra, which is going to be conjunct the South node. So this is South node eclipse and we're going to have Cardinal quarters quarters. So mm-hmm. whenever, you know, Cardinal energy is involved, we've already kind of covered this, but there is a movement in life. There is pushing along. There is a dynamist dynamicism. <laughs> <laughs> They're dynamics. There's dynamics going along here. Um, we also have Pluto stationing direct uh, for uh, during Libra season, and that's going to be a hot spot planet at play. There's going to be a little chunk of time that Rachel and I are going to talk about yes. that is Pluto City. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, this tuned. is a teaser. He's a teaser. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we have Mercury who's going to be in Virgo and Libra. Venus is going to be Leo and Virgo. And then Mars will be in Libra and Scorpio. So we have a lot uh, more movement with the personal planets too. Mm-hmm. So that being said, let us get into our, our, uh, what Mercury, why? Why? You're just like, I, words just totally escape me for some reason. Let's get into our forecast here. (laughs) Oh, Mercury. Okay. So I think it's because I've been trying to take uh, timestamps for YouTube. And so what happens is every time I want to segue into the next thing, half of my brain is trying to tell you I'm segueing into the next thing. And the other half is trying to count the minutes that are on, <laughs> that are on the, uh, yeah, I, that's yeah. really what's going on uh-huh. here. Is my, my Mars and Gemini is trying to do two things uh-huh. at one yeah, time yeah. And, and normally and it works, but, but Mercury, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mercury is the ruler of your Mars. So Mercury is like, nope, you will need to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Literally just pause, just speechless, uh-huh. which is never the case for Mars and Gemini. So <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So let us start our forecast here. So Libra season will technically start on Friday, September 22nd at 11.50 p.m. Pacific. So for most of you in the world, uh, it's going to happen on the 23rd and Saturday. But uh, Rachel and I are over here uh, clinging to the the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) And we have a uh, just sliding in at the end of Friday there. So Mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, we are coming up that first quarter moon uh, in Sagittarius. And so we do have this first quarter energy. So there's more of a, you know, that, that hot, that heat coming in uh, just in general with the lunar cycle. So it's not like it'll be a a sleepy start. I think we are going to be in in the mix there. Um, But a a couple other things that we have going on in this timeframe and this weekend is we have Mars over there in uh, Libra. So we have this other planet hanging out here in Libra, uh, who's not necessarily, but in both Mars and the sun, their experience of Libra is not their normal bag, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, Mars, I I, I once told a client, just recently I told a client that Mars and Libra was like John Lennon in on a battlefield. (laughs) (laughs) Mars and and Libra, it's, it, you know, Libra being the sign of negotiation, the sign of peace, Mars being the sign of um, of of conflict, of of setting up boundaries and protecting our boundaries, um, and uh, and so so and and Mars is also transiting Mars relates to what are what are what's motivating us, yeah. what do we care about, and when Mars is in Libra, a lot of times some of our passion energy, anger energy, it it comes out sideways. And you see this where there could be a buildup of anger and, you know, and, um, uh, and that can lead to like fights breaking out at sports games and, and things like that. It's like, we need to have really clear direction for where we focus our anger, or it can be expressed in a, in a, in a way that you might not be happy about. Yeah. It's a things about the, uh, just the the diversion or the deflection onto other people that is like the road rage incident where you know that the, the what the the people <clears throat> the people are mad at the person that might have cut them off but they're not mad at that person it's like everything it's just people in general or some relationship in their life or some sort of dynamic that is that is unfair or they've gotten a raw deal around and right. then it ends up getting deflected to people that maybe don't deserve it or happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time or just do have have some sort of interaction right you know think about libra being interaction just in general um some sort of interaction that just rubs you the wrong way <laughs> mm-hmm. and and then and then there you are um so it can yeah <laughs> i was just going to add that with mars opposite chiron that adds to it because Chiron is going to reflect or bring up for us that opposition reminds us of every time things haven't been fair, someone we love has been treated unjustly, or there's injustice in the world, or you know, capitalism is unjust. And, you know, and so that opposition really fires up our desire to, to right the, the bigger wrongs that we experience. 
but it can also re uh, you know sort of bring up for us our own personal experiences of pain um and so that opposition i think it you know it really takes us through that first part of libra season that that opposition is something that really colors our experience of the of the last of the end of september yeah and it's such an interesting configuration because i mean obviously mars and meeting chiron in that tense aspect is going to be a little a little crunchy it's going to in any type you have an opposition there's other people involved or or at, least, or at least a shadow aspect of yourself, right? There's always a projection or something outside or seemingly outside. But it's really fascinating because it co- co- uh, correspond, corresponds, coincides, that's the word I'm looking for, coincides with Venus, who is also in exact trine yes. with Chiron. And she has pl- done a three, you know, a three-way dance with this planet through her um, retrograde. So mm-hmm. there, there is the crunchiness of the Mars aspect, but then there's also this Venus, this workable Venus uh, point with it too, all while Mercury is also trining Jupiter um, as well. So, uh, which can definitely t- to play to Rachel's point there and things getting kind of steamy and worked up, you know, Mercury trying Jupiter, it's like, oh, we can see our bigger picture, you know, we got this wider view, but it can also ramp up all of our, um, you know, our perceptions and really dig our heels in too. When I think about Jupiter and in Taurus, like if we have a particular position uh, that we are fixated on, especially if you think about, you know, the detail oriented uh, Mercury in Virgo. And so if we think, if we are like flowing with we're right and we are at crossroads with other people and how they think that we should act or wondering how we should act in the world with other people. I mean, no shoulds, but you know, this is maybe some internal dialogue that's going on. This Mercury-Jupiter, uh, which is also its last uh, trine with Jupiter, is an interesting configuration during this particular time, just because obviously things are going to be blown up a little bit, especially in the mind. Right, right. Yeah, and 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 I think that transit um points to real like if we can see the big picture and we can see uh you know the, uh, our perspectives are blown up then we can also come up with creative solutions for for some of the conflicts that we experience in our personal lives or some of the conflicts that we're witness to um in the world uh, so I think there's, there's, it's just a lot of really big energy and, um, and, and it's, we're not even through the, the middle of Libra season. I mean, this, I'm thinking Libra season is going to be one of the, the biggest, um, like most cathartic, uh, times mm. of the year because of the eclipses, because, you know, planets are stationing, the outer planets are still retrograde you know, Venus is still in its shadow for part of the time. And, and so there's this, 
this feeling that everything that we've experienced this year builds up to October and um, and with that Mars opposition, with the Mercury-Jupiter trine, with the, the Pluto, I'm just going to say Pluto. It's in there. <laughs> with Pluto, it's like there, there's a moment of, 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 of if we don't take action, life is going to act for us. Mm. And, yeah. and sometimes like that can be like opening a door to a new job. I mean, act action is, is not all, um, you know, catharsis can be really exciting. Um, so, so I think there are, you know, breakthrough opportunities. No, I really like that because I was experiencing something like that recently. And I think this is the, um, sometimes the, the issue with Mars and an air sign, uh, where if, I mean, you can get through the whole thing without actually doing anything because your mm-hmm. mind is focused on what it is it's going to do without there actually being concrete action to put things in place. And I know like sometimes I can get a lot of anxiety when, especially if there's something that's on my plate and I haven't taken the initiative yet, yes, but yes. I've thought about it so much and I haven't taken the initiative that yet for whatever reason, you know, sometimes it's just because I haven't had time. Sometimes because maybe there's some sort of uh, emotional barrier behind it. And I mm-hmm. haven't been able to get to that whatever it is that's going to maybe give me the courage or the, um, just the, the oomph to take a risk and and go do it. And there is such a catharsis when the action is taken. Right. And I start, right. And I start and I'm in it and I'm like, not thinking about it anymore. I'm doing it. Yeah. It feels good. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I think what you bring up a really good point too, and that is that, you know, Libra, because we're talking about balance and because we're talking about the, the sign of the scales, you know, one of the challenges during the, when the sun is in Libra is that it can be hard to know what do I want? Mm. Um, it can be hard, like making a decision. I mean, I don't know anything about this. So uh, I don't have, I <laughs> can't speak from experience, experience. <laughs> but I heard from, from friends that, uh, that, 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 you know, that we could, that if we, if we are kind of waffling between two different choices, should I stay, should I go? Um, that, that I, I think that under, under, you know, kind of a stereotypical Libra uh, sun time it can be difficult to make that decision, but now with all of these other, with all this other support, it's not an arduous process. It is mm-hmm. just know what we know, and and that that knowing, it's like we can't we can't argue it. Like many t- many times, air sign sons, you can, um, you know, it's like you can't justify it, you can't argue it. It's like you just have to. It's like it just the knowing fills you to a point where you want to take action. Yeah. And I think that's really going to help with Venus being out of her, you know, mm-hmm. inward cycle and mm-hmm. ruling that that sun and Mars both. So there's there's something to be said about the the, yeah, the the journey that's already 
you know, this, this summer journey that we've already been on and it brings us to this turning of the wheel moment. Um, and Saturday, Saturday, the 23rd will probably be especially interesting only because that Capricorn moon is going to be making a T square with Mars and Chiron. So just, you know, just put a little mark on your mark on your calendar, just a little, like can be a little, yeah. could be one of those days where you're like, what is going on? <laughs> why, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Uh, and that's not a bad or a good thing. And, you know, those are all subjectives, but there, there's just a little more heat um, and impetus in the air there. Mm-hmm. So, and what's interesting about that too is, you know, Mercury is getting ready to make its trying to Jupiter that we were talking about earlier. And that's actually going to happen on, um, I believe on Monday, early Monday will be the case. Um, let me get this up more of AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 23rd. Oh yeah. So, oh, where were we at? I was just, I had it at like 1150 because of the, <laughs> because <of> the ingress. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just too late. It was too oh. late in the day to see the generality of the day. But let's get our, you know, Mercury is in Virgo. Let's get, let's get exact here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So really early in the morning, we'll have that uh, Mercury piece. Um, but what's interesting about this is we kind of have this buildup in the weekend that we were just talking about and, and Mercury and Jupiter kind of kicking off that Monday. But mm-hmm. other than the moon doing its thing, which is always important, right? We're feeling the moon constantly. That's <laughs> just as important as any other planet. Um, we're really just on the lead up to the Aries full moon that's happening that Friday on the 29th of September. So, uh, we're going to go through that, that air, uh, Aquarius cycle, the Mm -hmm. interesting, uh, Pisces cycle. It always baffles me, Rachel, the Pisces to Aries. Just, I know. Yeah. It's, it's like, you could not have more of a, uh, of a, of a, a contrasting uh emotional experience because the moon is our emotional experience and i always find up when the moon's in pisces i'm very sensitive to the moon i you probably are too just being a a cancer and Mm -hmm. i i have the moon right on my ascendant um and uh and when the moon's in pisces it is an emotion it's like waterworks time and you know you very it's like you get very sentimental. It, it takes it can it be easy to take things personally, and then the moon enters Aries, and everybody's like, you know, punk. You know, yeah. <laughs> like talking about the moon bridge. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. It makes it, when I get when the Pisces moon comes around. It's always like. And for me, that's a fifth house transit too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, you know, it has sort of that, oh, well, you know what, maybe I'll make some music. Maybe <laughs> I'll just kind of lay low. Uh-huh. Maybe yeah. I'll end up doing some shopping that I shouldn't be doing because uh-huh. I'm emotionally deflecting somewhere. <laughs> but I give myself uh-huh. a little, uh, it's almost like it's, it's my get my, my hall pass. Yeah, uh, when the Pisces that. moon comes around, it's like, it's my uh-huh. hall pass for a couple of days. Cause I'm like, cause I know, Aries is coming and then I'm the, the fire is going to come back in me. I'm going to be able to haul ass and get what I need uh-huh. to be done, done. Um, but you know, especially, well, Saturn hanging out in Pisces these days, it has a little bit of a, 
you know, a little, a little melancholy right on entry, but. <laughs> and then it kind of ends with Neptune. Yeah. It's like uh, you go from melancholy to I could live my dream. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I wish or, I were living my dream. Uh-huh. Or I am just going to escape into this couch and eat a whole bag of popcorn and watch this <laughs> Netflix documentary. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's so funny when I, when I was first learning astrology, um, in college, uh, I mean, I, I was like really intensely studying astrology in college. Um, I did this exercise where I would look at the moon, um, that, that every day I would just take, a take kind of an, uh, notes on what, what was happening when the moon was in each sign. And I was waiting tables at the time and I knew I could predict like clockwork when we'd have busy times, when, you know, anytime the moon was in a fire sign or in an air sign, um, it had a certain quality. We were usually busier when the moon was in an air sign. Um, and anytime the moon was in a, was in Pisces, there would be, people would linger, people would stay, people would eat the ice cream. We weren't as busy, Um, but you know, but you could count on like either really good tips or like not great tips at all. Um, like (laughs) people like not paying to, it was like always like this really kind of like watery, wishy-washy sort of vibe. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was my experience. And then it got into Aries and everybody came in and watched sports, you know, (laughs) pretty busy. So that's my my experience with uh, the Pisces Pisces to Aries. It's true. It's like, well, I mean, think about it. It's like with an air moon, people want to socialize. People want to be out. They want to be about. There's more yeah. you know, fire and air just in itself is more outgoing. And so it's just natural to uh, be a little busier and people are out and about during those signs. Water signs... Yeah, water signs I've noticed with the being in a restaurant um because mm-hmm. I've been doing some tarot readings at a, a tarot themed oh, cool. restaurant we have oh, here in fun. yeah in San Diego. And so I've I only work maybe like once a week or something, uh sometimes twice a week on depending on my schedule. Uh but it's always interesting to see which night I fall on because because mm. I've the it's the cancer moon. Uh, oh, wait, uh, always, yeah. People are at home. They yeah, are, yeah. you know, just <laughs> water. Those are the worst so nights for tips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, moon, people don't want to be out, or it's a lot of families that come in and they don't want to spend mm. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, Virgo moon. If you want tips on a Virgo moon, you ain't gonna get them. <laughs> yeah, unless you might, yeah, unless you work for like a, a macrobiotic restaurant or <laughs> something. Perhaps but yeah. so, but it's always yeah. I always feel like people are much more conscious. Same with Capricorn Moon. You know, there's yes. a little res- reservation around mm-hmm. how much to give, right? Mm-hmm. Versus um, when the Moon is in aspect to to Jupiter or in Sagittarius. Or even in Pisces, like you said, there's there's more generosity that comes out during those times. So when I put in like when I can work, I'm always looking at the schedule. I'm like, okay, oh, <laughs> well, that's, oh, look at that. That the moon squaring Jupiter there. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. I love like it. That. Yeah, uh-huh. So it's true. It's absolutely true how yeah. that works. 
And the Aquarius and Gemini moons were better for tips usually than the Libra moons. Um, so even though Libra is very, you know, one of the air social air signs, you know, the Aquarius moon was a good night to work. I remember that. Um, and this is, you know, this is more than 20 years ago. So, um, but it was, you know, it was really, it was a fun experiment that really taught me a lot about astrology. Mm. Um, and how the, I mean, it gave me a, a real visceral experience of each sign as the moon was moving through it. So that's so, so if, cool that you have yeah, that. If you're, if, that too. if you're out there in the service world and you work on tips, you know, think about some of the things that we're talking about here, uh, especially if you're able to pick your own schedule. Right. Um, and because tracking the, the, the lunar cycle and when people will be out and how generous they might be is really advantageous. Um, I mean, we can't control everything, of course, but uh, there are, if anything, it'll be like Rachel said, it's a good experiment. That's mm -hmm. how you learn about, about astrology. So, um, right. So that being said, so we have this sort of Pisces energy lingering in, in the middle of the week, uh, September 27th, the 28th. Um, and then we get to Friday, the 29th, and we have very early actually in the morning or decently early here, at least on the Pacific coast. Oh, actually really early 2:57 AM. <laughs> I will be sleeping at the apex of this moon. Well, who knows, you know, a Mars ruled moon, you can be tossing uh, and turning yeah. and it's not it's, it's as an insomnia you know, moon, right? Yeah. And the, and this one in particular, um, uh, this is, you know, I, I, I think this moon really kind of pushes us into, um, eclipse season. I mean, I, I really think the Libra new moon does, um, but yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the Libra new moon, um, that sets us into the two week, uh, eclipse period, but this one kind of builds the storyline. So the plot is thickening right now. With, the with plot this. is thick with the, with this, <laughs> with this full moon. <laughs> um, because we have, first of all, we have Venus who is making it to her third and final square with Uranus. Um, mm -hmm. And so here we have the ruler of the sun uh, in this very uh, tense and exciting position that could be finishing off a uh, storyline that's been with all of us since Venus went retrograde. But uh, there is there this is a hot spot transit, absolutely. So that and the fact that the ruler of the lunation, uh, Mars and Libra, is getting really close to the South Node. Mm. Um, it is about to is about to be sucked into the drain that <laughs> that is the south node there mm. um so we have that going on and we also have mercury who's trining into so this is actually big too in relation to uranus because mercury is trining into uranus and if you recall at the beginning of mercury's retrograde cycle it did not perfect the trine with uranus it stationed retrograde before it was able to do so much right. like the retrograde that happened in Taurus earlier in the year it almost made it to Uranus but it yes. didn't quite do it yet so there's something about this intellectual or perceptual breakthrough or communicative breakthrough um that is culminating 
at this mm-hmm. full moon too, especially since Mercury is about to leave the shadow. And then the whole coming days, which we will talk about here shortly, uh, Mercury is going to be on a whole journey itself. Mercury is definitely going to be giving us some things. So, I mean, what about this full moon just jumps out at you right away? Yeah, that well, I think one thing that um, that jumps out at me is that this is the fourth super moon uh, in in the final four of a series. Oh. Yeah, and super moons, these lunations, um, they're they're they make more dramatic movements of the ocean waters, which we we tend to have more earthquakes, more volcanoes, more seismic activity. And because Venus is in a, in a square to Uranus, because Uranus is very, is involved here, I think we could see, and, and, and it's really unfortunate, all of the seismic activity that we've had, but I, you know, looking back in the, in two thousand in the, in the 2000s, we had, last time we had, um, Aries, the, the North Node in Aries, we saw tsunami. We saw the big tsunami in Indonesia. We had we had more seismic activity, more damaging earthquakes, and so I don't. I'm not. I, I'm a very optimistic astrologer. I'm not a doomsday astrologer, so I'm not saying <laughs> oh it's going to be awful. Um, but you know, we just had a 5.1 here in Ojai, um, and the one in Morocco, the 6.8 just happened in Morocco and devastated that community. Um, and it was very destructive and, and I don't think we're finished with earthquakes, with hurricanes. I think nature is still balancing itself out. Um, and, and my, my sense is that it's a great reminder for all of us just to have our plans together. Like, you know, think about what you would pack if there were to be a natural disaster, Kind of, this is the time to organize yourself before something happens. Um, where you know, if nothing's happened where you live, this is a great time to just be very proactive. Um, now, which is an Aries on, word. <laughs> it is. It is Aries word. Word. And now, on a on a positive note, um, you know, I think that that this lunation is great for pioneering a change in your life. Like this, look at all the support for that. Yeah. Um, there's so much. And the conjunction between the sun and palace um, is another thing that really stands out to me here. Because palace, she's the goddess of craft. She's the goddess of wisdom. And so she helps us fine tune the way that we make our contribution to the world. And palace is also very interested in justice. And so... This is the time when you can, you know, speak out if if someone's mistreating you or if something's not fair in your life. And usually you just let it go, let it go, let it go. Um, or, you know, or you see someone littering and, you know, you, you think they need to stop littering and you let it go and you let it go. This is one of those lunations where you have the motivation and the courage to speak up and say, this is not right. We need to change this. And so I think this is a real point of power um, for us, both in like our legislative sessions, um, as well as in our personal lives. Yeah. And it, well, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about the 
the cards that are associated with these, uh, with the luminary placements, you know, thinking about the, the two of wands as the, as the moon placement, which is the, is this setting off on, uh, on a new journey and, and making, uh, you know, taking dominion over your life and, and, uh, expanding your world beyond what it's been. And yeah, take, you know, setting, setting off essentially. And so when you think about what you were just saying about being able to sort of kind of step up and make some big changes in your life, um, and which is interesting because a lot of times we make big changes in our life because there is, we, there's a lack of balance right? and right. we need to come back into that sense of balance and harmony with ourselves by having the courage in order to initiate the change. And Aries loves change. Aries is like, give me a new beginning. Uh-huh. What are you waiting for? Right. Um, exactly. so it's, it's, and especially with Venus being in that square to Uranus and Mercury being the same. And there's that kind of liberating energy, that freedom orienting energy, that catalytic energy essentially. Um, and it makes me think of too, with this, this is all, all, inter- and I don't work with Eris that mm. much consciously, mm. but there is something to be said about the North node con- literally by a minute. Yeah. conjunct heiress and you know the god the goddess of discord right. um, which is, could be absolutely intense when we're talking about some of the things you brought up earlier with potential for uh seismic activity uh, natural um disruption uh that mm-hmm. could, could happen but also discord playing discord in our lives is what also allows us to change and move into new territory that we wouldn't otherwise if we weren't able to disrupt. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a really strong kind of disruptive vibe that is to this, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just kind of depends on, on you know where you're at and what the situation is. Right, and I'm so excited that you brought up Eris because Eris to me is the star of this of this of this lunation, but she's the star of all yeah. of this the start of, of October. Um, on October 4th, Mars is going to directly oppose Eris, conjoin the North Node or South oh, Node, geez. oppose the, the North Node. And here's another important thing. So um, in 2020 and 2021, Pluto was at that 24 degree point of uh, Capricorn squaring Eris. And every time that transit perfected, there was a big demonstration for Black Lives Matter or for, you know, the anti-maskers having their, you know, like cry for freedom. So we saw this, that, that square play out in a, in a real public way, in a real political way. And, you know, these, this was also a time when statues were coming down that were relics of you know, a a racist uh, culture or that were relics of colonialism. Um, And so there was a lot of that kind of disruption for social change, for progress, for moving us forward and for having conversations that were important for reshaping the way that our our culture, um, that, that our country sees itself, but also the way that our culture expresses itself. And so when Mars hits this point, this is the first time that it's come to this point since 2021. And so it's going to be activating those that square 
And even though Pluto's moved out of orb, because Pluto is still retrograde, right? Is that is yeah. Pluto? Yeah, Pluto is mm-hmm. retrograde until yeah, until a little bit later. Uh, well, until uh, not too long after this, yeah, actually, because yeah. it'll be go- stationing. But still, that's right. it's that's right. It's close. Yes. Oh yes, that's right. On the tenth, it does. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. But because Pluto is going retrograde, it's moving toward and but Eris is retrograde, but Pluto is moving faster, so it's moving toward that square. Mars and the North and South Node axis is lining up in in that square. And so we are going to see, um, you know, some reminders of anything that we didn't finish in 2020 and 2021. And so I think this could be a time when we're looking at debates, when people are getting ready for, you know, the camp, anyone who's campaigning, uh, getting ready. I think Mm -hmm. we could see more with, um, you know, with the legal issues surrounding uh, Trump and his allies. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, like you said, discordant energy, but it's not, it's not absolutely disruptive or destructive. It's more of, oh yeah, we forgot about this. We got to talk about this too. This is so important. Um, and so I, I think that's a really exciting, I think that's an exciting <laughs> exciting little piece to it uh a a not so little piece to it i guess it's actually rather rather large when you think about it and i mean with just the nature of just social justice and Mm -hmm. uh, anytime venus and uranus are getting together there is usually an element somewhere on this globe where people are um demonstrating for the change that they would like to see and You know, we think about the writer's strike that's going on yeah. right now. And uh, I wonder if there'll be some sort of uh, turnaround in that area around this time, too, just because obviously you can't, you know, you can only hold out for so long. And and this is a this is a full moon that's about new conditions, right? Um, something has had something has apex to the fullest it can possibly get. And the only way to then move the energy beyond that is a change or a beginning or the next leg or um, something totally fresh and new that has to be drawn up in order to uh, move on from that that place. So, yeah. yeah. Or at least just the, you know, the full, kind of like what you were saying, Rachel, like this being almost the portal opener mm-hmm. of the eclipse season that apex is this what can seemingly be crisis. I mean, Aries, Aries full moons to me always have some sort of like crisis point for a lot of people. And sometimes crisis looks different for, for everybody. And it's, it's, it just depends, but it it does get, it gets, it gets critical. It's, it's heightened. It's, it's cardinal fire, you know? Um, so thinking about what comes to head at this particular time and then just all the activity uh, yeah, all the activity ever that leads up to the solar eclipse and then through obviously the next lunar eclipse, um, wrapping up the Taurus Scorpio cycle. Uh, there's something about that kicks it off. Yes, it does. Kick off here. Yeah. And if I could just reflect one more thing about the Aries. Um, so another big theme with the, with Aries and Aries and the Pluto reproductive rights, 
Mm. have been a very significant, prominent theme. And with Venus um, being the dispositor of the sun, with it being square Uranus, uh, with Eris being in Aries, like really holding court this whole um, you know, week, I think that there could be some real movements toward, I mean, we see the the presidential elections that are happening in Mexico and um, and the you know candidates wanting to make reproductive health and 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 abortion legal. I, I think we're going to see a lot of, of 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 conversation, probably both polarities. So like because Libra is polar, polarized in many ways, we're going to see the polarities of 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 that subject um, here in America for sure, but I think in other parts of the world as well. Yeah. Things are individual rights, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and individual rights uh, being at this point of change, you know, any planet that's in its, its, um, in a debilitated state can't be consistent. And consistency mm-hmm. isn't always what we want, right? You know, like that's, that's the, the beauty of it. So thinking about these individual rights coming to this place of the sign of, you know, justice and then, having Venus being in this, this square, uh, this opening square with, with Uranus, there's, yeah, I could, I could see that definitely being something that is, is brought up or turned a corner around, or at least just inflamed once again to where it's not on the back burner. Right. So, uh, mark your calendars, uh, September 29th, Friday, it's a lot, the big, big old, big old, uh, Aries full moon going on here. So let us talk about, so let's kind of switch our story to, uh, Mercury actually, because Mercury, Mercury is going to go on a little journey of its own here past this (laughs) full moon. And so on Sunday, uh, so October begins, October 1st, Mercury is basically going to leave its shadow phase, um, which is great news for all the people that <laughs> have been riddled by this Mercury retrograde here. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to do the, the dance that the sun's been through, that, that Mars has been through. It's going to oppose Neptune, mm-hmm. trine Pluto. And then move in to Libra. So, I mean, Rachel, what do you think about just the how, how going from an opposition to Neptune and then a trine with Pluto? I mean, with Mercury, but just with all the planets, it's such an interesting combination. Uh, it's an, it is it is really interesting. It, you know, to me, um, to me, what it what it what it feels like, and I noticed this when the sun uh, or the sun hasn't made that d- that transition yet. I'm I'm, yeah. seeing, I'm feeling into the future, <laughs> but um, you know, I I I think what this this you know anything opposite Neptune is disillusionment. Mm-hmm. Um, it is oh, I really thought things were going to happen this way, and they didn't, or being confused, being muddled. And there's a gift in that opposition. And that gift is um, we have to feel our way through. And so we, um, you know, that, and then the the trying to Pluto is uh, I've gone through the disillusionment. I've faced my disappointments. I've seen what's real and what's not. My bubble has burst. Any bubble of illusion that we have. 
And then the Pluto is, okay, good. I'm great. I'm going to, I'm going to take the reins of my life. I'm going to direct them in a new way. And I've got, I'm back on my, in my power. So it's a time of revelation um, that, that comes like after walking in a fog. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, but we have to walk the fog to get there because we're not going to come to any revelation unless we go through this maybe uncertain period, uncertainty period, or that the bubble popping period, Mm. uh, or that's just, or even sometimes that, that intuition that just strike that just, well, I mean, I think about Uranus is a little more strike you out of nowhere, but (laughs) Neptune, Uh that's the thing. So this is actually a whole lead up of a trine to Uranus, an opposition to Neptune, a trine to Pluto. And so maybe there is a catalyst with the the full moon that then sends you into this more spiritual, uh, what does it all mean? Oh, maybe I'm doubting myself or is this possible? Is it not? And we go through the Neptune haze because we had a catalyst or we had something that awakened us to go into this almost liminal perception space to then come out on the other side of empowerment. I mean, that's what Pluto um, can do for us. It can give us a lot of, uh, God, when Mars was over there, I'm like, can you just lay off the work? I'm like, (laughs) it was just throwing work. (laughs) Right. You know, those earth trines were just throwing work at everyone. Um, I know, that's exactly how it felt. You are so right. Um, Yeah, Mercury also, if there anyone who is going through a Neptune transit, if Neptune, transiting Neptune, if you have, if you have any Virgo, late degree Virgo placements or Sagittarius or Gemini or Pisces, if you have any points between 25 and 27 of a mutable sign, Mercury can be the messenger of a long-term transit, which means you think everything's you know, you're, you're in your Neptune storyline, which is, oh my gosh, I'm having all these revelations and I'm so creative and I, I don't know what I'm doing about this area of my life. Mercury comes in and says, hey, here's some guidance. Here's some information. Here's something you couldn't see before, but that revelation can lead you to, um, to, to, to cleaning up uh, a mess in your life or to having some clarity where you didn't have before. So even so, though, sometimes Mercury's messages can feel like a blow to your ego, like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. They're always, they're always, um, you know, the, the, the phrase I love for Mercury transits like that are, is the truth will set you free. Mm. So that's ultimately what those Neptune transits want us to do is to be free from our illusions or from the ego's, you know, hard, hard, uh, crystallized expectations. Yeah. Lord knows they, it's got those. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, we got to let those. And that might be part that I love that you brought up that word because maybe that's when we are looking across the pond at our expectations or our I- idealizations and um, having been w- waken up to them in, in some way. And maybe we just need to take a pause. Sometimes you just, and that's the thing too, is like Neptune loves to diffuse us in some way. And mm. so it can feel like Mercury retrograde again, just because it's like, oh, now Neptune's in, in the mix. Um, yeah. But there could be something about having uh, sort of this mental time out to sort of play in this space or just be, um, you know, connected to it before 
and then as it dissipates, then you get to the Pluto action and there is just this uh, intensity of focus or clarity, uh, especially just, you know, Pluto beings at the end of a sign these days, there's always... I feel like I feel like Pluto loves to like put a finishing bow on a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> you're but, absolutely right. Yeah, but especially when it's at late degrees of sign, uh, sign now, that's really the case. Um, which is actually a little uh, I- ironic and perfect uh, that this is the day that our Tarot of Her campaign ends oh. <laughs> on October second. Oh. So oh. when. Oh can we, yeah. can we have a, just a pause for a sales pitch? Can I see <laughs> some of the cards? Because I see them right behind you. Can we actually oh. take a commercial break? And I, I'm so excited about this deck. And I can't wait to have it in my hands. Uh, when you first posted it, I was just, I love the idea. I love the artwork. And so, yeah, so if we yeah. could take so Take we a, got, uh, we got some, uh, the, the, of course the first one that came up was the nine of leaves or that would be the swords. And so we have a woman, a woman with some on some cacti that's uh, <laughs> there, there. Um, we have, I'm like, see if I have some that are aligned to the transits that we are talking about here. Actually, I have the, the three of leaves here, which is part of the, uh, Libra trilogy there and a lot of times you think see the three of swords which is the 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 heart with the three swords stabbed through it which is always so grim (laughs) no one ever likes to get that card um but there's something about so we kind of have to take a little uh different take on it uh where i've written about acceptance you know when life gives us things that are difficult to integrate, um, that might give us, you know, suck the energy out of our hearts in some way. Uh, a lot of times the only way to get through it is through, uh, acceptance for what mm-hmm. your, what your life looks like, what is, you know, uh, I feel like this is Rachel and I's card right now. This is actually another Libra, uh, oriented card, the four of leaves. And this oh, is about I the, love that. the intermission. <laughs> that's the card that we need right now and i love that it's coming up right now during this uh this commercial break for the tarot yeah, yeah literally the intermission we are in intermission we were talking about mercury and uh neptune being the intermission and so it is a, just a it's just a wonderful it's just a wonderful deck and it's it's coming soon so if you uh feel so called Come on over to either tarotofher.com. Uh, we can take you to the campaign um, or to Kickstarter. We got chosen as a project we love by Kickstarter. Oh, so, Congratulations. Yeah. So we are um, boosted in the ranks, which is exciting. But we're going to be ending on October 2nd at 6.19 p.m. Right when the moon, Mercury, and Pluto are in a grand trine with one another. Uh, so but finishing bow. I'm like, I how- love it. I love it. Let <laughs> yeah. me put the finishing bow on, please. Um, so everyone needs to share it. Everyone needs to support it. Um, you can give at any level. Uh, even if you don't want to give it one of the suggested levels, you can click in and just give it any level that you want to. Yeah. Uh, and you it's can just really donate. Important. You, you, you don't even have donate. to get anything. Yes. yes. <laughs> It's so oh, important. 
It yeah. is. It is. And it's it's amazing to think that we can put a project on the space and, you know, people come out of the woodwork, people you know, people you don't know, and they believe in what you're doing and are willing to pledge money towards it for something mm-hmm. that will be in your hands in six months time. You know, that speaks to just community um, and, and, and people, re- you know, the, just the nature of people just really wanting to help others, which sometimes we forget about, we have a, a world that's really driven with individualism and, you know, I'm out to get me, but really there's a lot of people in this world that mm-hmm. are very supportive of other people and want to see everyone succeed. So, uh, go community. <laughs> hey, I yeah. love that. that is, that is really, you're speaking to where we're moving with, you know, Pluto's entry into Aquarius You know, I think we're all seeing with with going back to Pluto at the last degrees of Capricorn, we're seeing the real harm of capitalism, Capricorn being industries, being corporations, being, um, you know, the that kind of power structure. And and so if you want to be a part of the future, you need to go and support tarot of her on kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love it thanks rachel you know it's nothing like a good nothing like a good uh a, a, a good pledge for yeah a friend so, yeah i mean i it believe too, in right? it yeah i, I, do I believe you <laughs> I, be, I believe in it and so <laughs> it's funny because we have 21 days left to go as we as we record this right here um so in every day every day it's just like all right well you gotta Cause it's weird. It's, it's vulnerable to be out there in a creative space and you're not like actually having it like finished and it's now available. It's like, no, it's dependent upon uh, mm. something outside of yourself. It's dependent upon the goodwill and generosity of others. Mm. Um, and that takes faith and that takes belief. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting experience, but, um, one I wouldn't change for the world. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. It actually kind of blows my mind that we can do this. Like you would, I mean, you wouldn't see, I don't see anything like this, like 20 years ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, like that just, yeah. So anyways, I digress. So our Mercury story isn't over yet. We, so Mercury's going to move on. It's going to do its thing with Pluto on uh Tuesday. Um, and then it's going to move into uh, Libra on actually the fourth, uh, here it crosses over. So now we're the, the Libra party is really getting started here. Isn't it? We got Mercury, the sun, Mars, South node. We got palace hanging out there. Huh? Um, so yeah. So party in Libra. So what do you think about Mercury and Libra just as definitely a different vibe than Mercury and Virgo? Absolutely. Yes. So this is my natal Mercury placement. And one, um, and a couple of things, first of all, I think people forget that Libra or not people forget, but you know, when people think about Libra, they think about relationships, they think about indecision, they think about, you know, some of those things, but Libra is a, an intellectual, it's an air sign, which means it's very cerebral. And so when you have Libra, when you have Mercury in Libra, it's less about the analytical details organization of Virgo. And it's more about um, understanding uh, 
like systems, understanding uh, negotiation. It's about it's about tapping into philosophy. It's about thinking in a way that is relational. Um, and so it's drawing connections to things that we didn't draw before. So this is a great time to get your book club back up and running or to start a podcast, especially once um, Mercury uh, gets out of its post-shadow phase. Um, this is a time to be having, you know, if you have any mediation schedule, this is a great time for that. Um, to be teaching a course, to be doing any air sign focused thing. Um, it's, yeah, I, I know a lot of like philosophers and philosophy professors and professors who have, have Mercury and Libra or significant Libra placements. And so I think your Mercury is going to be functioning at a pretty high level, um, even though it's not like exalted in Libra. Yeah. For example. yeah. It, well, it, it's, uh, it's got dignity and air, right? Mm -hmm. It has uh triplicity. So mm -hmm. it's, it, it likes its airy zone and it kind of makes sense. I mean, with, of course, of course, Mercury is going to like to float through the air and think about concepts and ideas and patterns and, <laughs> and, and just that creative spark too. Right. Uh, Especially since Venus is still in, in Leo tail end of Leo, she has, she's only got a handful of days left. Mm -hmm. Uh, but all those planets are going to have that Leo boost, uh, behind it, which to me feels, uh, very, a creative vibe. Definitely. um as well and and i think it'll you know mercury just virgo in general can be uh shyer in nature and so now when it comes to just being able to speak your mind and being out amongst people it's really going to kick up the social uh energy um at least for i at least for that weekend the weekend of the 6th 7th and 8th when venus is still in Leo, you know, it, there might be sort of this social renaissance that almost happens, especially after the interesting Venus retrograde summer, which and, was, yeah. And, uh, and Venus goes, uh, gets out of her shadow on the seventh. So yeah. he's moving, she's not only moving forward, she's like rocking um, after the seventh. So um, so I know I'm kind of fast. No, no that's true. I think but, you're right where we need to be. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And so that's big news as well, right? You know, we've got Mercury out of its place. Venus is is now crossing the threshold of her retrograde uh, situation. And, you, and it's one of those things I feel like, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it while it's here because... Uh -huh. <laughs> Venus, yeah. Venus is about to go through some things again here. Um, but really take in this this weekend, uh, October 6th, 7th, 8th, because I think it'll be a, a nice reprieve socially. Um, we also have a last quarter moon in Cancer that's actually taking place on that Friday. Um, which is as we just talked about earlier, but cancer moons and like being out and social. <laughs> well, maybe you have a party at your at your home and uh -huh. you're inviting people into your into your uh, sanctuary and and stuff. Um, but that that's an interesting kind of turn of lunar energy to that mm -hmm. that more emotional, protective. Um, just intuitive, caring, that the familial, that connection. It's a different type of connection. I mean, both Cancer and Libra want connections. They're mm -hmm. one's a little more, I'll connect with everyone. And another one's like, I will connect to 
matters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You just described my relationship with my wife, who's a cancer and I'm a Libra. You just described our relationship right there. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's so true. Um, yeah. So I love that idea of the dinner party or the, you know, the inviting a few close friends over. Um, yeah, that's, or just having a romantic night, you know, these are, these are two signs that love cuddling, um, Mm. and not may, even if not like in the physical sense of the word, like the closeness of, of, um, of, of, of knowing that you're cherished. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's something about kind of coming back into the heart uh, Mm -hmm. and more of this, uh, this feeling space, um, that's going to be turning a corner on the six. And it just dawned on me, actually, I went to a social, uh, a purpose-driven party yesterday, which was a community, like a free community event, um, that's put on where, yeah, you just basically go, there's a couple speakers, you'll connect with people, you go in breakout groups and kind of do a, a mastermind, um, session, mm-hmm. which was fun. Uh, but we met this guy he, there that does something called, Ooh, I'm can't remember the name of his nonprofit, but it's a beach cleanup. And so oh. once a month, it, he hosts a beach cleanup here at Pacific beach where they, first you do yoga, you do yoga for 45 minutes. Right. Uh, so any, San, any San Diego people out there, just heads up, um, yoga for 45 minutes. And then you spend 45 minutes, uh, with everybody cleaning up, um, the beach and especially like plastics. And the last time they did it, uh, they, they collected in 45 minutes, 250 pounds of plastic and trash and heartbreaking i know and so so we're going to the next one which is going to be october 7th which is under this this cancer moon so here we are going to go be social with the community and other people but it's under this protective element of protecting the waters and in in the beach and um putting the work in, I guess. Ooh, I <laughs> so that. yeah, that's, that's, uh, it just came to me right now. I was like, Oh yeah, that's on that day. Uh-huh, oh, perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's, good. that's really good. That's the, that is the, that is the, the right kind of manifestation for the synergy. It's connecting with a purpose and how great that you're doing that. And that, that organization is there. There's a beach cleanup here on, um, in this area on the 23rd, so I, uh, I'm planning on going on that too. So, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Let's oh, clean up those beaches, yep. girl. We got it. Right. <laughs> we need to clean up those beaches. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like this is going to be definitely a continued trend with Saturn and Pisces. Cause there's lots of, right. lots of work, work to do there. Yeah. Um, So let us move on to our, okay. So the next thing, let's, let's continue Venus's journey because she is the one that is about to make some changes. Well, actually two things. So we have, well, now that I think about it, picking up, picking up trash on the beach as, as Mars squares Pluto, right? um, you know, that's always a fun time. So basically Mars is going to be uh, on the 8th. So Sunday, the 8th, we have a few things going on. We got Mars squaring Pluto. Mm -hmm. uh, And of course, actually on that Saturday, right before that Cancer moon is going to light this, Mm -hmm. T-square this up. So so every time the moon 
especially from cancer opposes Pluto, there's always sort of this, hmm, there's just something, it just comes up upon us and it just, and there, there might not even be any words for it. There can just be all, only feelings, you know, where there's a lot of intensity at play. But this time around, we just had this literally the other day, uh, like two, two days ago or something, or no, I think it was yesterday uh here before we're recording here and i remember my partner was like he was just in this mood like just added like just didn't want to go to the event that we were planning to go to and he's a very libra moon he's all like let me go socialize <laughs> 11th house libra moon get him to uh-huh. community and that man is happy um uh-huh. but he was he was in that pluto space and was just like ah but then the moon moved into leo kind of cleared it out and he oh he was so happy by the end of the day it was like it just lit up but we're always feeling that once a month with Pluto still being there. So just keep in mind that Mars is going to be squaring Pluto at this time. So it might be just a little extra intense on that Saturday, just when it comes to, to feeling and uh, irritation or this or activity or, or maybe making a difference, <laughs> like cleaning up the right. Um, But either way, it's, it's, it's a very dynamic configuration. So just wanted to make everyone aware of that. Yeah. And it's a good time too, when whenever the moon's in Cancer, we can be more sensitive to other people's emotions. Yeah. And, and sometimes when we feel vibes that we don't have words for, or we don't have a context for, it can be really easy to think, oh my gosh, he's mad at me, or she's mad at me, or I've done something wrong, or why don't they like me? This is something that we all experience at, you know, during certain lunations or certain transits, but it's always helpful not to take things too seriously and not to take things personally, rather. Um, We want to take things seriously, but a lot of times people are going through their own thing and it, anyone's frustration doesn't have any, might not have anything to do with you. Also the other thing with a cancer moon is that people want their minds to be read. So if you say what's wrong, you're going to hear nothing. Um, (laughs) So it's a good time if you feel some vibes from someone who's like frustrated or angry or someone's driving too fast. And it's it's best not to hound them for answers or information, but just sit in the in the discomfort of, oh, someone else is feeling emotions that are hard for me to digest, or I'm feeling emotions that are hard for me to articulate, take a few deep breaths, find that inner peace and say, this too shall pass. Very wise advice. Very wise advice, because we're going to, we're going to need that, especially if you're already sensitive and you, and especially if you want to help, if you're, I'm just, I'm by nature, like a helper, like, let, oh, me, same here. let me help, let me help fix this. And, and sometimes <laughs> that's not the case. You have to just be in the discomfort and the, the irritation and the, the non-solution. Um, and it will, yeah, it will pass just like you, just like you said. Uh, and a lot of times those moments are so important to our actual process. Mm-hmm because, you know, process means processing. And in order to process something, we have to sit with the, maybe the gunk of it, um, that is not always clear, but it, it, it's what gets you to, it's the, it's the plutonian rabbit hole that gets you through to the next place. Um, so we have to kind of hold space for that. 
discomfort uh, in order to be awakened to and empowered to what's next. So um, being a very social period that we keep talking about, we have to be aware of that process and that everybody will be experiencing it so that we can allow that to happen without taking it personally or trying to disrupt it. Right. You know, I think about Mars and Libra, like, exactly. yeah. John Lennon <laughs> on the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is also, you know, both the sun or both the moon and Pluto are at the bendings of the nodes. We're moving toward the eclipse. Yeah. Everything is amplifying. Yes. And while I'm, I like I'm, I tend to be a kind of person who, if I'm in a conflict, I want to resolve it fast and get to know what's the, what's at the root of this. Sometimes pushing for a resolution before the process is finished can, can lead to a blow up or to further separation. Um, and so we want to walk a really fine line over the next week for, so from, from the seventh through the 14th, the moon is in that third, that last and final stage moving toward the balsamic moon. This, you know, um, uh, Georgia Stathis, do you, are you, Mm -hmm. is an awesome astrologer. Amazing. Uh, I've learned so much from her over the years and in her book, pushing through time, she writes about the synodic cycles and how that last quarter stage phase of any cycle is always the most active. It's where we've done a lot of the work um, of that of that cycle. And in this particular uh, instance, we're talking about the lunation cycle. Um, and so that last quarter stage is when all the activity happens. So, and that activity is leading us up to an eclipse. So things get exciting, like roller coaster ride exciting um after the seventh it's it's absolutely true absolutely true so let's let's continue on our the next curve of our roller coaster here because we have venus who's going to move into virgo on mm-hmm. actually it'll be on the eighth technically uh we have it here on the ninth late in the eighth um so she's going to move into virgo which is big news a because she has been in leo for what seems like for forever right since june june yep, forever. I think she, yeah Mm-hmm. She's, she has done her time in Leo and that we're going to get a different Venus vibe. I mean, this, we talked about Pisces and, um, Aries before being this, uh, great change. Uh, but there's something to be said, at least just for Venus energy moving from Leo to, mm-hmm. to Virgo, you know, this is a sign of her fall. She's, uh, she's like, what is this territory that I am in and why am I being eclipsed twice under it? <laughs> that is what, <laughs> That is what Venus is saying here. Um, But here's the thing. Anybody that moves into Virgo immediately has a standoff with Saturn these days because of Saturn and Pisces. So she moves in and yeah, and she makes uh, opposition with Saturn on the ninth. Uh, And meanwhile, we have on the 10th, we have Pluto stationing direct which is always an intense time and the sun is opposing the sun who is venus ruled right is opposing chiron so we kind of have this interesting uh monday and tuesday the ninth and the tenth we have these different stories taking place um but i mean i i guess i'll just pick your brain real quick about venus and virgo yes thoughts venus and virgo 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I love Virgo is I think one of the most underestimated signs. I love Virgo is very service oriented. It is about, it is actually one of our more selfless signs. Um, and at the same time, Virgo is, uh, you know, I, I think of Virgo as the ruler of the intestines, um, which is really sexy, right? Um, oh, but it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like separating what nu- nu- nourishes us and what provides us with um, well-being mm-hmm. and what is waste. So it's about calling through the the unnecessary, picking out what belongs. And and so we we do that in relationships when we're talking about Venus. We also do it with our finances. And so this is a time of being very selective and maybe a little bit critical, but critical in the high, highest octave of, 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 of the word, which is I'm aware of what is dissatisfactory so that I can make wise choices about how I'm receiving love, how I'm welcoming love and my experiences of relationships um, yeah. so, but the, the Saturn opposition really colors this whole, our whole experience <laughs> of Venus and Virgo, which is, you know, that Saturn opposition can be lonely. It can be a time when we are, maybe we've, we've come to a decision about needing to leave a relationship, um, or we want to get to our creative uh, all the creative ideas that we had during Venus and Leo, and we don't have time for them, or we have limitations, or we realize that we are somehow closing ourselves off to love. And so Venus and Virgo is also a time of analyzing how can how can I reframe my experience of all things Venus, pleasure, love, beauty, uh, relationships, finances. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing with Venus in Virgo, because I love the intestines uh, analogy there, <laughs> uh-huh. because it is true. That's the whole that's the whole purpose of Virgo is it can kind of take and it takes all the nutrients and the good things out and it can separate what isn't working in the in the gunk and the the waste, um, the, the dross, I guess we could say. Yes, yes. And so when you get Venus in a Mercury sign, right? It's good to, um, it's good to be able to highlight those things because it can get us to better relationships when we're able to maybe be in this place where we're, we are able to communicate. Cause other thing too, is like Venus moves into Virgo and Mercury's in Libra. So there is this, um, not, I mean, it's mutual reception, not quite because it's not actually making an aspect, but there is a, a reciprocity, I guess we could say going on between the two. And so having that discerning eye with relationships and cause I feel like we always get to this place of discernment just in general relationships when Saturn's involved, it's like, mm. mm-hmm. all right, I'm looking at the other person and you're like, eh. <laughs> um, and, and it can only be for a moment. Right. But so <sighs> it's, it's almost like this kind of check-in with relational energy and it's good to have that discernment, but we also got to be wary of being too critical and judgmental. You know, when you put the mind too much into something that's more about magnetism and attraction and, you know, it kind of, kind of, uh, I want to say kill Venus's spark, but it, it, it just takes it to a different direction that it's, you know, Venus isn't necessarily, um, akin to 
Because if you're thinking too much about relationships or thinking too much about what could go wrong, that's what Virgo is so great at. What could go wrong here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. And this is why that sign um, emphasizes bringing order to unstructured ideas you know, bringing order to a closet, bringing order to your calendar, um, bringing order to your life. And with, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I think you're hitting some, a nail on a head here too. Just take it out of the relationship. Let's go, let's go to Libra's other favorite side of things. Aesthetics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here Venus comes along and she sees Saturn and you, you walk into that closet and the clothes are everywhere. You know, you haven't been in there for it. And then all of a sudden now you got a color coded closet. Everything is clean. <laughs> you know, it's a, so there could be this, this aesthetic energy that is um, pushed to, to the brink where we actually uh, do the hard work to put, to create more beauty and order in mm-hmm. our environment. Um, yeah. right. So she is definitely uh, getting, uh, just a little, she's getting getting a little Saturn action when she moves in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but let us, let us, so Pluto stationing direct. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've already talked a lot about Pluto and we're going to continue to talk about Pluto, but there's just something to be said about the fact that it's stationing like any planet stationing, especially when it's stationing direct. Pluto is emerging. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Pluto and, is emerging. and it's stationing on the United States Pluto. So it's ah, not exact. Yes. It's like a, there are a few minutes off, but this is going to bring up all of the themes of the Pluto return, the U.S. Pluto return. So who are we as as a as a country? And so I think this is where we're going to see a lot of you know, the strike activity, um, not, I mean, it seems like every, you know, a lot of unions are striking right now um, because Pluto's in Capricorn. Capricorn relates to capitalism and, um, and, and one of Pluto's signature achievements in the time that it's been in Capricorn is raising our awareness about uh, the, the discrepancies between the, or the, the big, um, uh, gap, the, the wealth yeah, gap. The, yeah. Um, and the, and that's what these, you know, that's a, a, a talking point of these, um, of the, of the, all of the, that organizing activity right now is how executives are getting paid these ridiculous salaries and the workers are, you know, barely surviving or not able to make a living wage. So I think I think that's going to be a big theme of the Pluto station. Um, and that'll probably be, you know, that'll take us through the eclipse, through the through the October yeah. eclipses. I think you're absolutely right about that, especially seeing Mars at the last degree of Libra, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even thinking about back to uh when we were just talking about last quarter in Cancer and it lighting up that that uh, Mars Pluto square and you know, Mars in Libra is fighting for fighting for that justice, fighting for that equality uh, in this overcoming position from Pluto too. So it's it's got, kind of got the upper hand. And you know, thinking about that last quarter that's leading us into the uh, eclipse, we're talking about like basic care. 
We're talking right. about the like we're talking about the roof over our head and being able to have you know good food and just the basic necessities of care in life. Um, so what you're saying, I think you're hitting the nail on the head as far as like a, cl- a climax or a culmination to the changes and the power structures um, that need to be revised in order for a things to resume. But yes. B to for people to get the yeah the 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 justice aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's exciting. I have to say that because um, Mars is gonna <laughs> Mars ain't Mars ain't stopping here. Mars <laughs> is about to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, it goes it goes. He goes yep. into his own sign. He's very oh, happy yeah. in Scorpio on the eleventh. Um, and this is, it's funny. I have, uh, my Mars return on like, a my Mars return is like two days after my birthday. So, um, so this, I'm, I'm looking at this thinking, Oh Lord, what the, what is this going to look like? <laughs> oh, I sound very um, motivating, uh, yeah. to, to me, Rachel. You'll be... I know, I know the Mars return is always, you know, uh, a feisty transit. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty energizing, like you said, but, yeah. you know, but Mars in Scorpio, uh, it's, it's very, it's very, it's, it's a, it's a Mars that knows how to function in the right way. And so it's not, it, it, and Mars and Scorpio is very strategic where Mars and Aries just wants to fire out like, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to start this fire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Um, Mars and Scorpio is, is, is like pouncing. It's like the cat that stands and waits and waits and waits. And then the prey gets really comfortable. And then the cat goes, I got you. Um, that's Mars and Scorpio. Yeah. I always call it Ninja Mars. Oh, I like it's that. Like that. It's like, it's, you know, it's hiding in the shadows. Yep. Yep. And it's like, it'll find you at the right. And it's got all the moves. <laughs> it's got all the right moves. That's right. Um, but I like, the, I love the cat analogy too, because uh-huh. it's, it's, there is, it lies low. It's patient. Yep. It's not in your face. It's, uh, it, it investigates, it does all its homework. It's like, it's, it's fixed, right? Mm. Think about uh, the energy of, um, uh, just that, I'm going to say obsessiveness, but a lot of times, you know, when we really have to reach a goal in our lives or an objective, we do have to be somewhat uh, obsessed. We have to be totally focused and especially what's our number one, um, sort of focus energy, you think it might be like the mind, but it's not, I feel like it's like the heart and feelings. Like when you're like, like you're in your heart and your, your emotional self really wants something and it's got that focus. It's, it's got that magic manifestation power. So Ninja Mars is coming, is hot on the scene and getting ready for its, um, synodic start uh next season but this is so that's another thing to think about with mars moving into scorpio is it's actually wrapping up a two-year cycle of mars having had a synodic cycle in libra so Mm -hmm. mars returning to libra and all the things rachel and i have talked about there's you know there's sort of this return to a, a much longer story that's been taking place since 2021 right um so yeah and Scorpio, Scorpio is much like Aries, but in a different way is about change. 
and transformative um, scenarios. So Mars ripping through Scorpio can definitely bring change to the forefront. And yeah. And just to give um, dates, the the 17th, November 17th is the sun conjunct Mars. Yeah. So we're, like you said, we're wrapping up the cycle. And, um, and so, so yeah, Mars is, is like kind of the, if we, if, if we were in a planetary race, Mars would be like number one, like headed toward the goal. And uh, all the rest of the planets would be like, I'm catching up. I'm catching up. (laughs) (laughs) And Mars is serious too, because Mars, uh, much like when Venus moved into Virgo, Mars moving into Scorpio immediately trying Saturn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Mars Saturn story is always one of, um, is always one of effort, determination, also frustration and obstacles, but this is a trine. So there's, you know, I feel like there's uh, a lot of emotional oomph to get something accomplished and done and putting in the work and doing what you got to doing what you got to do, you know, like, and this is going to be from the 11th, October 11th through the uh, 13th, you know, cause Mars is a little bit of a slower mover there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like this bodes well, where's the moon here. And so the, so this is interesting when you think about it, cause the moon's over moon's over there, hanging out in Libra, getting ready to have all so our solar eclipse, um, which I'm just going to jump to and we can add the whole Mars Saturn dynamic in that, uh, but we are so here, October 14th, 10.55 a.m. Uh, here at Pacific Time is Saturday. We have a 21 degree and seven minute uh, solar annular eclipse, which is conjunct the south node. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> we yeah. got the luminaries conjunct Mercury. Mercury is getting close um, to the sun there. That south node action. We got the eclipse ruled by Venus in Virgo, who is coming off that Saturn opposition, uh, and of course Mars, who just trined Saturn there. Um, what am else? What else am I missing? Oh, the fact that squaring Pluto, pretty much. I mean, it's a looser square, but it's close enough. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, thoughts. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts. Well, <laughs> first I wanted to talk about the, the Sabian symbol for this oh, nation. Yeah. Um, cause I think it's, uh, an interesting one. So that would be the Sabian symbol for 21 to 22. So I'm reading the 22 degree Libra one, mm-hmm. and it's a child giving birds a drink at a fountain. And, and it's, uh, it's about, um, and this is from Mindfire, Dane Rogers, uh, Mindfire, uh, wait, not Mindfire. That's the name of the uh, astrological mandala, mm-hmm. um, is the book. And, um, and what, uh, and, and so what the, the, the meaning of this particular degree is, is that it's about us being uh, caretakers, being in service of those who aren't of the same consciousness of the creatures who don't have the same consciousnesses as us, um, or of anyone who we're mentoring or who would look up to us. 
it's like really helping facilitate um, a healing process for for uh, for for um, you know for people in our lives, but in particular people who might be younger, who might not be as spiritually um, studied as us, um, and and so I think there's a tremendous amount of of you know of potential with this transit. I mean, it's a cathartic transit. It's a cathartic lunation. We're still dealing with the Eris node, Pluto. You know, we're still, we still have all of that, you know, real radical energy of change and movement and, and, and progress. Um, But there's a a sensitivity to it. Yeah, it's. It's a, it's a lot, you know, the South Node eclipses, they, ah, they love, they love to bring things back from, uh, first of all, I think they like to bring things back from the past, right. you know, right. that's, that's a big element here, especially when we're thinking about, uh, maybe certain relationships, certain, um, har- harmony factors, Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in your own life that haven't been uh, addressed with uh, the world harmony factors. I mean, we're talking about cardinal signs here. When you were speaking, it made me think about maybe, uh, I mean, who needs our help most? Uh, you know, Mother Nature and, and the animals and the the plants and um, thinking about giving water to, to birds, right? Yes, and the yes. child too. And the child is... Uh, someone who is innocent um, right. and fresh and uh, is, yeah, is not, God, it just has an open heart, right? Yeah. And, and is identifying with the care and need to of all creatures. And I'm thinking about that Venus in Virgo, right? Mm-hmm. And Virgo is a very uh, environmentally conscious sign, Right. Uh, especially when we think about impurities and, and Saturn. I mean, Saturn has been definitely lighting up issues with water dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Absolutely. Yeah. And so, water rights and mm-hmm. and who owns water. And think about what was happening with the Maui fires. There was a re- there was they were going into the hydrants and realizing there wasn't the water pressure mm. to keep them going or the that the that they're, you know, the being able to look at water from all different angles is a is a part of this, too. Yeah. And so I think that kind of that, what we said, that bring up from bringing up from the past or just conditions that have been that are not work, you know, it, maybe this is the time when they go in there. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we have to balance this out by getting made, you know, making sure that all our systems are functioning and it has the right, right? Because it's, uh, otherwise it's, it's sucking us down and it's, it's draining us and it's, it's creating communities that can't support or sustain themselves because there's like oversights. Um, right. So there's a lot of, there's just like a great, it's like almost like the great balancing <laughs> is yeah, what seems yeah. to be happening here. Cause it's our only... I believe it's the only, is it only solar eclipse that's going to be in Libra? Am I remembering Um, that correct? Let me, let me do a little, uh, let me do, let me do that too. Let's see. Um, So that's, no, there'll be one more. I am miss, miss speaking. There will be a a October 2nd, 2024, you know, just fun fact that kind of blows my mind actually. Is you know that there's not going to be a solar eclipse in Pisces? Oh, I did not know that. I 
I was kind of waiting for it for my own chart. And then I was kind of looking ahead. I'm like, oh, what's that going to happen? Where's that going to be? And I was like, what? It skips from Aries to 28 Mm. degrees Aquarius. I'm like, how is that even possible? Um, So just fun fact uh, for anybody who's might be waiting for a solar eclipse in Pisces like me, it's not going to (laughs) happen. So anyways, um, but yeah, so the, the great rebalancing, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with Eris there on, on the nodes, um, this is, this is a pretty gnarly eclipse, to be honest. Like, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very beneficial mm-hmm. for what it, what it attacks um, and what needs attention that has not gotten proper, it hasn't had its justice due, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but we have to, we have to have to live it. You know, this is going to be a dynamic time for just relationships in general. And I think for a lot of people too, uh, you know, especially reading tarot for people on random occasions, a lot of times, what do people want to know about? They want to know about love. Right. But it's like, right. when I ask, I'm like, do you have a question you would like to bring to the table? I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, 80% chance that this is going to be about love. Um, <laughs> and it, it usually uh-huh. is. And a lot of yeah. times people are when they're asking these questions, it's because there's a background of it not working for them mm-hmm. or there's a, there's, uh, there's these, I don't want to say like buried content, but there's, there's past, there's patterns, there's all these things that need to be worked through so mm-hmm. that they can manifest the relationship that they are wanting and deserve. And so I think that this could be an interesting period for a lot of people, especially if they are struggling in the relationship department, uh, to call in that person that is, that is their person. This can be, this could maybe be a cycle that, that helps that. Uh, but first there's all this flushing that needs to happen or these reprieves of past relationships or reconciliations, um, or making peace with either the past literally by having that one-on-one with someone or just being able to do that within your your own self and meditative space but yeah i think that's a that'll be a thing yeah it's a big turning point for sure um and one thing i love about um bernadette brady how she talked she she describes this this sorrow cycle um uh, in predictive astrology tools to forecast your life and create your brightest future um and she describes this series of eclipses as not being subtle as being very sensual um you know giving giving uh, energy to and passion to our procreative drives um it can catch people off guard and confront them with their own very deep passion, which may have mm. been hidden for years. So what you're talking about, I mean, that just everything that you're talking about is, is, you know, um, you know, she, she backs you up there. Um, but I, I really it's do that. Think, yes, exactly. <laughs> and with Mars and Scorpio, Mars and Scorpio is naturally getting us to, uh, you know, to realize that, that we can't live a flat life some of us, many of us can't really live a flat life that if there are passions, they're going to be awakened and, and eclipses are catalysts of change. 
Um, the last, so that I looked back and the October 14th eclipse in 2004, it, the, so the last oh, same, mm-hmm, yeah. same date, now the 2004 eclipse, um, I don't remember if it was exactly the October one, but that was the one the, that was, that was the eclipse series that led to the Indonesian earthquake and tsunami. Mm. Um, and 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 so I'm not saying like, oh, we're going to have a big tsunami again or big earthquake, but the kind of of catharsis that that like if we can take that metaphor and apply it to our lives, the the kind of catharsis that we experience in our lives might feel like a tsunami either happening to us like, oh, my partner says that like he's leaving me or my partner is you know, going out of town for three weeks and I have to be alone with the kids or, um, or they comes motivated from inside of, I need to leave my job. I want to make a move. And, and so I love your, I love the, the, the term, the great rebalancing. Um, cause I think that's what this is going to be. Yeah, I think absolutely. Absolutely so. And so when you're out of balance, we don't feel like we're out of balance. A lot of times we know we're out of balance, but out of balance becomes, is the norm, right? Yes. And even though it can behoove us to come back into that space of balance, a lot of times that can be very hard. How out of balance are we? I mean, if the scale is so tipped, there can be a lot of work, a lot of adjustment, um, inner and inner and outer spaces that make that balance come back into play. Um, and that's can be very disruptive. So we're back to this disruptive sort of energy. As I was like, (laughs) Burnett Brady, it's not subtle. Uh, (laughs) it's not subtle here. So right. And, and with the sun moving into an opposition with Eris. Yeah. Um, that happens on the 18th. Um, you know, the sun activating the, the ongoing Eris North node themes, um, that oh, act- right on the, yeah, the nodes, yes, yeah, go right ahead. on the south <laughs> nodes and, you know, moving toward the, um, the, uh, you know, the square to Pluto Yeah, sun over those few days. And, and this is the eclipse tunnel when we're between two eclipses. There's one on the 28th in Scorpio season. But when we're in the eclipse tunnel, everything feels like we're going through a tunnel underwater, swimming to the other side, not really quite sure of what we're going to see on the other side. So there's a lot of pressure. It's really focused. It's really intense. Um, but it's beautiful in terms of, of creating change, like the you know shaking things up in the way that they need to be shaken up for more balance, but the sun, you know, kind of triggers some of these ongoing, um, outer planet transits and, um, adds to some of the fire of that, of that, um, of that, you know, of that energy. And I'm going to pull back to what you said earlier, Rachel, when you were talking about Mercury and being the coming in and and the truth will set you free. (laughs) Yes, this this is the moment. This is the moment right here. So basically between 
October 18th, which is a Wednesday through uh, October through basically the first quarter moon in Capricorn, which is going to happen Saturday, uh, the 21st on Pluto. So we're gonna have a first quarter on Pluto. Talk about talk about an entrance into eclipses. We're like, yeah, we're gonna push you off on Pluto and we're gonna give you a Mercury Sun Kazemi right on the south node opposing Eris and then squaring Pluto. Like this is a so that's why I want to come back to the the brilliant thing you said earlier, talking about mm-hmm. the truth. We'll set like Mercury is coming along and it's right. gonna give some realization. Um of of this change of of the drain of of the imbalance mm-hmm. of the 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 discord the, the the transformation that needs to happen um and the exact kazimi will be i believe on uh the 20th on friday um but this is this is intense this is this is like a life changing moment for a lot of people whether it's something they come to inside internally inside themselves or maybe you know some people might like lose a job or um you know they or have to move or you know these are big big these are these are big news stories too right. i can imagine big Very news stories so. yes yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were, um, you know, news stories about uh, about major conflicts, um, military activity um, because of Eris and Aries. Um, uh, I I don't think I don't I am not like I said I'm not a doomsday. I don't think we're going to go into major war or anything like that. I mean, there are wars happening in the world right now. But but yeah, this is the this is a day of big revelations, big storylines, and um, and we have to know too that Mercury's moving into that square with Pluto. So it the Kazemi after the Kazemi, Mercury is headed toward Pluto and saying, "All right, it's your turn now." Um, and then the Sun squares Pluto. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally skipping ahead, but it's no, like it's good. these days are so fast. It's like yeah. this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And so on a real practical level, if you're thinking, um, if you're thinking, I'm overwhelmed right now, <laughs> it would be a great time to take a break, to give yourself a vacation from the 14th through the 22nd. Or at least clear your calendar of things that could be really overwhelming, that could take a lot of energy, um, that could tip your scales out of balance. This is a great time to be in a major introspective process where you're healing, where you're doing some self-discovery, where you're meditating, um, you know, make appointments with your healer and your therapist and your astrologer ahead of time. Uh, really prioritize self-care. Yeah, it's because it, it will be, yeah, it's going to be defining. And yeah. so why push ourselves through the, the the daily, you know, responsibilities and all of life's you know, cacophony that is always around us when we really need to process and we really need to get in tune with these deeper changes that are happening and it's it's very fitting to have Mars at five degrees of Scorpio, which is going to be the eclipse, the lunar eclipse point. Yeah. So yeah. Mars is giving us uh, some foreshadowing to what's coming on the, uh, was it the 
28, 29. Um, it's the 28th. 28th. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm back in what Rachel's saying here because this can become a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we are proactive ahead of time, especially because life is probably going to throw us all something like just right. caveat. Life is going to throw every single one of us something. Yes. And we have to be in a place that we can receive that, that we can be with that <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and process it. Because I think that's a big thing that we keep coming back to too, is like the, the processing. Right. So just, yeah, uh, we, yeah, first quarter in, in Pluto, so just prepare for big changes. I mean, as simple as that gets, it's, this is what, it's what eclipses just naturally bring. But this one is really bringing it home with plutonian energy. Um, mm-hmm. That is late, late. These are late degrees of things. So these are past due. These are wrapping up. This is old stuff. Um, so turn a corner. That's the the beauty of cardinal signs. Turn mm-hmm. a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that too. It's like this is finishing business. So there are surprises, but you know, if you look back to 2004, 2005, back when we had this, this nodal axis before, you might see similar storylines reaching their conclusion Um, and, or just really present ones that have been up for you all year. So you can do it. You got this. This is is exciting. This is really exciting times. And for some of you, you might've been waiting for this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like, when's the change going to happen? Uh-huh. When are I finally going to go? I'm like, sick of carrying this. I'm sick, like this, this is, this is it. Right. And on, you know, on a, on a nice note, uh, we end the season with Venus trining Jupiter. Right. Um, so that's like, that's a nice little something, something going on. And then Mercury is also trining Saturn. So there's, there's, there's this stability of mind, right? There's this, uh, you know, Mercury moves into, uh, Scorpio, I have to mention that. So, so Mercury gets out of the, gets out of the, uh, the Libra party for a short period before the sun does, but you know, Mercury's coming in to make this, this trine with Saturn and Venus and Jupiter. I think that's, I, I think it gives us something to work with. Right. Right. It's like, it's <laughs> like the gift um, the gift that comes on the heels, like the, the, like yeah. the, getting the A on the exam that you studied really hard for and you passed, you know, and then you passed. It's the, it's, it's the, mm, yeah, it's, it's a gift. Um, and, and it's also, you know, Venus, Jupiter is, you get to, you're eating good food. You might have a little shopping spree. Like it's actually pretty fun, pretty enjoyable and pleasurable. And with the moon moving into Aquarius, like this is, you know, you sitting around with your friends and saying, oh my gosh, you won't believe what I just went through. Yeah. Everybody laughing and oh my God, girl, I know I got you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like you should hear what I went through. And then, you know, and then, you know, finding some camaraderie for, um, for what, what we've all, uh, for the, the, the roller coaster ride that we've all been riding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a sweet, it's a sweet way to, uh, wrap up, um, Libra season really, uh, especially when, yeah, we're going to, this is going to be an interesting, interesting is such a base word to use, but sometimes when you have all the words for something, but it can only have one, that's when we substitute interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
It oh, will it's be interesting. It will be, it will be interesting for sure. And it will be cathartic. And, you know, it's like I, I, I uh, in my, in my um, October horoscopes, I'm writing that um, October is if this were a, a piece of music, it would be Beethoven's Sym- fifth symphony. <laughs> exactly exactly Um, but then it resolves in a really nice way it's like oh okay (laughs) that's funny oh i can feel it already oh my goodness all right well rachel if you had uh if you had one word to describe libra season this year Mm. oh you're Mm. gemini moon i'm sure you're (laughs) uh uh if I had one word to describe it, I would describe it as, um, I, I think the word catharsis actually yeah. is, is the, the word I, I would pick. How about I like you? It. I like it. Uh, the word that came to me was adjustment. Oh, I like uh, that. And so I think we can combine them to cathartic adjustment. Love that. Love that. And I also loved the term that you used too about the great balancing, the great rebalancing um, that I don't remember. Did I, I didn't say I it think exactly. that's what I said. Yeah. It's you definitely got the gist. <laughs> the great, the great rebalancing. Uh, maybe we could add a little circus to it and say the great rebalancing act. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the uh, yeah, I want to say the rebalancer. That sounds like a horror movie actually. <laughs> <laughs> the reanimator. Uh-huh. Um, but either way, we are rebalancing our lives. And that's something to be exciting about, right? Because we all want harmony. We all want a little more peace. We all want connection. Um, and sometimes it just it involves change yes. in order to have those things. So, all right, Rachel. Well, tell people where can they find you? What do you got going on? All the things. All right. Well, my website is rachellangastrologer.com. And I'm actually going to be teaching uh, with Rick Levine at the Ooh. Omega Institute in New York, uh, Eclipse Weekend, October 13th through 15th. So I'm very excited about that. And then I have um, a magic class, a, a working with magic class that's coming up in 2024. Um, I have psychic mediumship development. I've always got a million classes going on. <laughs> um, astrology for creatives that I co-teach with Bonnie Gillespie. Um, so yeah, my visit my website and you can see all the things. Ah, I love it. So Mm -hmm. you can definitely bet Rachel was going to have something available for you to take part in. And so pick your poison like that's, (laughs) (laughs) and I will definitely share Rachel's, uh, information over at energeticprinciples.com. Um, so come on over there. You can also find me on the socials at energetic principles. And if you want to follow our, uh, our tarot uh, project. You can follow us at tarot of her. Uh, you can go to tarotofher.com. And of course you can come to our Kickstarter campaign because when this, uh, this goes live, there will still be a good like 10 days or so left of the, the Kickstarter. And so as we speak right now, we are about 64% funded, I think. So we still need 7,000 to meet our goal. Um, but so far we've had a really good response and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. We want to make this happen. And so I'm just in belief mode. And so if you feel called to support, come on over, come on over and we will gladly accept your good generosity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so what else here? Well, I do have a monthly newsletter that comes out, The Heavenly Wind, at the beginning of each month. So you can sign up for that on my website as well. Um, God, there's so many things I could say. and, and But do I need them? Yeah, let's... You know what I do need to say is that it we're in Libra season. This is about spreading the good word. This is about socializing and sharing with others. So if you liked Rachel and I's conversation here today and you think other people should hear it, spread the good word. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, like, hit the bell and subscribe. I think that's what people say. <laughs> uh, leave a comment. Let us know what's going on in your world and what you think that the eclipse energies will bring because it's always interesting to hear for other people. Um, and if you're on Apple uh, Podcasts, leave a five-star. Well, if you feel it's five-star, I'm not going to push you to do anything you don't want to do because that's not right. But if you feel called, leave a nice review on uh, Apple Podcasts because that really helps the boost of visibility. All right. I think that, I think that, that does it, Rachel. It is always a pleasure getting to hang out with you. I know it's so, I feel the same way. So thank you so much for having me on the show, for geeking out with me about Libra season. And, uh, and I'm going to send everybody to your Kickstarter. So I, I appreciate that. See what are, what are friends for? Right. We support each other. So, all right. Well, all right, friends, you're all friends to us. So we are, we are supporting you energetically in this time. Uh, we wish you the best out there. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.